What's up, everybody? Welcome to the GMs for Hire. My name's Will Paulson. Alongside with me, Matthew Perry and RJ Strope, per usual. And we're here to talk about uh, what's going on in another weekly recap of the MLB season. Now, we could talk about the St. Louis Cardinals and how they're not playing, but that's going to be a video that I'm going to do personally myself. As people who have been listening to the show for quite a long time, we used to have soapboxes. We haven't done one in a while. So I'm going to drop one personally, just a soapbox on the St. Louis Cardinals by myself, and that'll come out here uh, not too long, probably after this video or maybe even at the same time. But other than that, we're here to talk about what's actually going on in the MLB season because some teams are deciding to play. Um, we're going to start with the teams that are doing absolutely amazing. And right now, I don't think we need to be checking for COVID. We need to be checking for steroids on some of these teams because the Oakland Athletics are winners of nine straight. Ramon Laureano's out here punching, hitting, uh, hitting coaches in the face, or at least trying to. Uh, we've got the Marlins, who are in first place of the division. The Detroit Tigers have a positive record, and they're looking good. There's a lot of the Colorado Rockies are doing absolutely fantastic, staying ahead of the Dodgers, at least by half a game right now at the time of recording. Some of these teams are looking absolutely outstanding, and it's not necessarily the teams that we expected. So I'm going to start with RJ, some teams that are really blowing you away uh, and any any play in particular that's catching your eye. Man, the Colorado Rockies out of nowhere. What are they? They're like 11-4 and four right now, leading the NL West. I think they're, what, a half a game ahead of the Dodgers. So I think the Dodgers have one more loss than them. Man, we did not see this. We know they can hit. They can always hit. They've been able to hit forever. Ever since I've been watching baseball, Colorado hits. It's what they do. They just can't pitch. But somehow they're figuring it out this year because this team's putting it together. They're off to a hot start, looking like they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, which could be interesting come October, playoff baseball in Colorado. could be, be pretty chilly. But, um, man, how about Colorado? How about also I've got a team uh, that I was high on before the season. You guys weren't as high. San Diego Padres. I told you guys, this team is good. Tatis right now would be the National League MVP if the season ended. Um, he's on fire. The guy's a stud. He leads the MLB in like every category, like a uh, slugging percentage. He's tied for the lead in home runs. Like guys just killing it right now. Um, the Padres, the Rockies. Yeah. The West is kind of the NL West, at least just kind of crazy. It looks like it might be a three team race this year. And that's, uh, about time because Dodgers have been running away with that division for the last, what, five or six years. It's kind of annoying. So to actually have like a three team race there, that's going to be fun to watch down the stretch. You say the NL West is exciting. I mean, hell, the AL West has one team that's above 500, and that's the Oakland A's, winner of nine straight, coming in currently at 12-4. and four. Even the Trash Bangers are at 6-9. and nine. I mean, it's, it's an interesting situation. And, uh, Matt, could you actually elaborate a little bit more on the Astros? Because I know that they are struggling heavily, and uh, especially some of their key players. Uh, the Astros, yeah, the Astros are – you know, if karma is real, it's showing itself here. You know, six and nine, like you said, three of their best players, Altuve, Bregman, and Springer, I want to say it was, all batting below the Mendoza line, below 200. Altuve's made, I want to, I want to say just off Twitter videos alone, we'll put some in here. He's made at least like three or four tough-looking errors in the past couple of days in this series in Oakland. He's overthrowing first base. He's dropping routine pop flies. It reminds me of uh, in Space Jam where the Monstars steal all the NBA players' powers, 
and they just don't know what to do with themselves out on the court. Like, that's what Altuve looks like right now on a baseball field. He does not look like himself. And, you know, I'm pretty sure the other 29 fan bases are giddy about it. I mean, I'm pretty happy about it as a Yankees fan. It's nice seeing um, revenge served. It's a dish best served cold, and their bats are cold. Their record is shitty, and I'm happy. Um, the Astros don't look like themselves, and it, I think it's good for baseball. The Astros also, of course, now that in New York, he's there without Garrett Cole. Verlander done for the season, if I'm not mistaken, due to injury. Uh, this team is – uh, the pitching staff, at least from that standpoint, is looking completely different when you're having to lie, rely on Zach Greinke and Urquidy. Uh, yeah, good luck. Uh, not exactly a number two in a rotation, no matter what team you go to. Uh, and and the Astros nah, are... Bro, Lance McCullers is the man. Shout out Tampa. Uh, I mean, hey, whatever. I'll give you your Tampa stuff. I'm not there anymore, so I'll give it to you. Whatever. But... Um, Held. I, I know that specifically off of one play that Altuve made, he made a great play over towards the middle. It was an awesome play. It looked like it was completely out of his range, and then he threw the ball closer to home than he did to first base, and it was absolutely hilarious to see. Uh, horrible throw. Absolutely got awful. But, um, yeah, uh, other than that, I, I asked RJ the question, Matt. Any, any team really standing out to you that's kind of just catching your eye? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's it's – they're kind of at a disadvantage just because of everything that's happened with the Cardinals lately. They haven't been, been able to get as many games in, but the uh, Chicago Cubs are 10 and three and first place. They look good. Plus seven run differential. They're getting runs in. Uh, but what, what's most surprising to me, and, and we discussed this in the preview video um, months, a couple months back, how the NL central looked like it could honestly be a three or four team race. And the Cubs, I know it's early, but this being a sprint season, they're four games up on uh, Milwaukee. They got, they already have quite the lead. I want to say that's the biggest division lead. Oh no, uh, Oakland's up on Texas by five games. I'm looking at that now. But it, it, divisions are within two, but the AL yeah. West and the NL Central. If the Cubs can keep this up whenever they get to play again, hopefully that's sometime soon, and everyone can stay healthy. They they look good. Um, no real big errors so far. A lot of the players are praising uh, David Ross's managerial efforts. Uh, it's his first season, and they're already off to a hot start. Um, if they can keep this going, I don't see it being a three- or four-team race in the Central. I see it maybe being a one or two. The second team's below 500. The, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers are six and seven. Um, the Cardinals are only two and three, so we don't know really what they're made of yet. I don't know how they're going to make up 55 games, and I want to say it's probably 50, di- 50 days or less at this point. I'll pull you in. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of players. You'll, you'll stay tuned for, uh, for Will's soapbox on that. Uh, but Pittsburgh's already out of the season. They're 3-13, and 13, looking like a really bad football team at this point. Um, but Yelich is picking it up, though. I'll mention Yelich. Um, the 6-7 and seven Brewers, if Yelich can carry them to a positive record, maybe get a wild card. The playoffs are different, though. Someone will sneak in from that division. But Cubs just keep doing what they're doing. They'll cruise to a division title. And I think I think it's very I think it's very fair to say that the the Cubs are off to a very hot start, and a lot of the National League Central has been very stagnant, um, it, it just kind of very back and forth. Whenever you're looking at it, and then the uh, one team that always is in it, or at least seems to be in some kind of way, is the Cardinals, and they're not even able to play. So uh, it, the NL Central is kind of looking like a runaway already, similar to almost how the AL West is looking with the Oakland Athletics. Um, 
When it comes to teams that I've been kind of blown away by, speaking of a, a bad football team, uh, it looked like the Detroit Tigers were putting up football team numbers against the Pittsburgh Pirates this last weekend. They were outstanding. And uh, not to mention yesterday, they had four home runs in the first five batters. That's nuts. That, that is absurd. I haven't heard of that in ever. Uh, I was going to say in a, in a long time, but that's not even true. I haven't heard of that period. Uh, Nico Goodrum, Miguel Cabrera, CJ Crone, and uh, Jaime Condelario, all with home runs within the first five at-bats of the game. Derek Holland looks like he's just throwing batting practice out there, but along with the rest of the pitching staff of the Pirates. But uh, not to mention uh, the, the Orioles are a 500 team right now. They're currently up on the Nationals. If they can somehow scoot out their eighth win of the season, uh, RJ is going to be looking at uh, soon to be throwing away $5. Should have just bet on any team as opposed to just the Orioles. But Yeah, see, here's the problem. When I bet Jamil, I should have said that there will be a team that only wins single-digit games. I shouldn't have specified which one it was going to be because my dumbass said Baltimore was only going to win single-digit games I should have said any team because, like y'all mentioned, Pittsburgh sitting at three and thirteen. They only might win like nine games. So, Pittsburgh pitchers are lobbing up pitches like it's a home run derby. It's it, they look absolutely pitiful. I mean, nobody expected anything less. But uh, there have been some teams that I would say people expected a lot of that they're not necessarily getting. Uh, and I'll start with Matt this time since I started with RJ last time. Some teams that are really letting you down whenever you're looking at it. What's the first team that comes to your head? Uh, the Chicago White Sox are a game above 500, but I can't help be disappointed in them. Uh, you, got, you got Luis Robert coming up, and he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been enough to carry the offense. They're a negative two run differential um, as long as MLB.com's updated. And I don't think that's good enough for the kind of offense they have. They have, they have Yasmani Grandal. They have Tim Anderson, who just who's coming off a batting title. Or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he, is a, he came on coming off the batting title, right? Yeah, yeah, he led the league in average. He should be hitting. Uh, you got Eloy Jimenez, who I think his the best thing he's known for this season is misjudging a fly ball and running into the netting. I don't know if you guys saw that the other night, but. You know, there's ups and downs through a season, but I honestly don't think the Chicago White Sox have enough time for that. Um, like you said, Detroit's off to a good start. They're eight and five. Um, Minnesota's ten and six. They're playing pretty well. The run differentials plus twenty three. That offense is insane. Uh, Cleveland, they got Shane Bieber going off. I know they they were against um, Chicago tonight in a pretty close game. I didn't see how that turned out. I think they were actually in a rain delay last time I checked. In the, uh, oh, the Orioles were in a rain delay. They're Orioles and Nationals, but I'm not exactly sure where that game is. Uh, currently, we're actually delayed in the bottom of the 10th. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll wait and see what happens. The, the um, White Sox could actually pass the Indians in the standings if, if they win tonight. At, but, currently, at time of recording, delayed in the bottom of the 10th, the White Sox are up to bat down by one with runners on first and second. When that game gets picked back up. Yeah. So, We'll see what happens with that. But the pitchings look good in um, Cleveland. They're at a plus-21 run differential. They just started getting their offense together the other day. They could still use another bat. They should probably contact the Yankees for Clint Frazier. Waiting on that. He deserves to play. That's, that's a story for another time. Um, but, yeah, the, the Chicago White Sox are laying me down. Uh, Dylan Cease in his rookie year, he hasn't been fantastic. I know they had Giolito going tonight. Um, he looked good. 
but he pitched really well. Yeah, uh, he looked good, but I'm, let's see if it's enough to carry out a dub. Hopefully, um, uh-huh. but yeah, but right now I, they're kind of letting me down. Yeah, unfortunately, you're not as good as your starting pitcher at games nine innings, no matter what. Uh, unless you play double headers like uh, in this season, sometimes they're seven innings. So, um, and so you know, it, it is what it is. Sometimes you gotta, you can't rely on Giolito to go nine. Uh, Keuchel's not the guy who's gonna go nine. Uh, that that pitching staff has decent names, but they're not exactly going to carry it all the way. And that offense, as mentioned, has a bomb squad kind of a lineup between Yoan Moncada, uh, Yasmani Grandal, Luis Roberi, Loy Jimenez. These are names, Tim Anderson has mentioned, uh, these are names that should put up runs, and it's just not happening over in Chicago, so at least on the south side. So uh, moving to RJ, uh, a good team that you thought was going to have a good start that is kind of cooled off now that we're a couple weeks into the season. Well, you mentioned how some teams are playing seven-inning doubleheaders. That was a team that played one today and got killed in both of them, and that would be the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm going to keep saying that this team's going to be good. They're going to be good. Like, you can't have Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon, D.D. Gregorius, all these guys, and just suck. Like, at some point, we got to get the real Jake Arrieta back. Zach Wheeler's got a ball. Aaron Nola's got a ball. They need to fix the bullpen. This Philly team has way too much talent, and they're spending way too much money on these players for them to not be a playoff team. Um, I think they actually showed in the Sunday Night Baseball telecast if the season ended today, Philly would get the eight seed and would actually make the playoffs. But, damn, talk about squeaking in. I mean, they're tied with some teams that are just trash and don't have the superstars that Philly has. Philly, at some point, they got to turn the corner. These bats got to get hot. These pitchers got to wake up. I'm a Braves fan, so I don't want Philly to be too good. But Philly's got to, like, wake up and at least get somewhat close to what I think their potential is. No, I think that's pretty fair. A lot of teams are very – Skeptic. Uh, a lot of people, I should say, are very skeptical of the Philadelphia Phillies for being a fourth place team last year with that with that uh, group of people that you mentioned between Bryce Harper, uh, JT Real Muto, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, a former MVP, Reese Hoskins. Uh, these are great names to have on your team. And then a, a decent front three of Aaron Nola, Arietta, and, and Zach Wheeler uh, on the back half is where you get a little sketchy between Eflin and Vince Velasquez. But I mean, uh, Philly fans are, are getting restless. I know they are. I mean, the, there's times when uh, – Bri- there were clips last year, Bryce Harper in his first season with the Philadelphia Phillies getting – going 0 for 4 and people in the crowd are already shouting that he's not worth the money. I'm like, you're in year one of your contract, man. Like, granted, it's a fat contract. You'd hope to get a little bit more than a fly out to first base for $300 million plus a year uh, uh, overall. But, um, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies have been a team that is struggling. Uh for me, uh, it's been uh, – if we flash back to the predictions video, I want to say I claim this team to be in first place in their division. Uh, and I also said that they would have the NL MVP as the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I'm going to stand by Nick Castellanos. The man's been on fire. The man has been absolutely outstanding. And he's been one of the only bright spots on that Reds team. Uh, <laughs> Nick Castellanos, by lack of better terms, has been carrying that offense – and the rest of that team hasn't really been showing up too much. Uh, Shogo Akiyama is not doing the greatest job of transferring over from Japan over into the MLB. Uh, we're not exactly seeing uh, similar uh, – we're not exactly seeing seasons 
out of people that we would expect, such as somebody like an A. Eugenio Suarez or somebody else along the lines. But Nick Castellanos is absolutely raking right now. Uh, similar up there to Fernando Tatis in the National League. He's been looking absolutely great. But that Cincinnati Reds team between Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer, uh, I expected more. I I can't say I didn't. And I expected that pitching staff to be lights out. Uh, They've left some to be desired. They haven't been horrible, but they haven't been great. Um, To to be fair, I've seen that Maley kid that they have, Tyler Maley, pitch. And he's looked better than Luis Castillo has on some nights. So um, it, it's it's just kind of disappointing. Uh, even being a Cardinals fan, I almost wanted to see the Cincinnati Reds do well. It's like the one team I don't have ill will towards in the National League Central. And so uh, I, I'd like to see them do well, but it's just not looking like it's going to pan out at least early on in the season. Um, going on to that, I mean, uh, we, we talked – at least I mentioned it earlier on – uh, the Oakland A's are hot. Uh, not only are they hot winning nine straight, but they're a little hot headed today as uh, a game going on at the time of recording. The A's defeated the Astros, sweeping them out. And a little uh, a little scuffle happened. I'd, probably the first actual scuffle that we've seen in this 2020 COVID era. Uh, and it was awesome. I, I don't know if uh, I don't know what y'all thought, but it was, it was awesome. Uh, Ramon Laureano ends up getting hit by a pitch, makes his way down to first, and then the hitting coach of the Houston Astros has some words to exchange with him. Next thing you know, Ramon Laureano is spiking his helmet into the ground and full-blown chugging right towards that Astros dugout. (laughs) Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, People are going to say it's not good for the game of baseball, whatever, but I don't know about you guys, but personally this is stuff I like to see. Anytime that baseball can be the lead story on Sports Center, it's good for the sport. I don't care if it's, you know, whatever, if it's a fight or something that maybe isn't the most desirable. There's no such thing as bad publicity in most, in most cases. Um, and if it's a fight that's going to put you first on Sports Center, hey, do it. I mean, hell, I know as a NASCAR fan, NASCAR's never the lead story on Sports Center. But I do remember a couple times where they were, and that's because it was big fights on pit road. It's fun. It's cool to see. And any time that, you know, baseball or NASCAR or any sport can overtake football or basketball as the lead story, it's good. I think a lot of people look at baseball as like the white-collar sport. Uh, between football being very aggressive and physical, between hockey being very physical, especially around the boards, uh, I, and basketball is kind of here or there. But uh, I, I think everybody sees baseball as kind of like the, the the weaker sport. And 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 so to see brawls and to see fights, especially when people are getting fined, people are getting ejected, this is all against protocol right now. So it almost makes it even better. <laughs> and just to see that and, – and it's not like it was a player. It's not an Astros player. That would make – that wouldn't be as fun. It's the hitting coach. Like what could he have possibly said to Ramon Laureano to make him want to throw his helmet on the ground and just run full speed at this guy. And, and I wouldn't want to fight Ramon Laureano and I'm bigger than him. I just like, I'm, I'm good. But uh, Matt, what do you, I, I know this is a, a different kind of publicity that baseball doesn't typically always get. Uh, what's your, how, how'd you feel watching Ramon Laureano in that situation? Well, one of the only things I'm disappointed in from the situation is that 
I'm pretty sure hitting coach Alex Cintron and Ramon Laureano were speaking in Spanish. So it's going to be tough for John Boy to decipher. I'm excited for that uh, breakdown. He always, he always delivers with those, and those are always super entertaining. So hopefully he, he pulls out that Google Translate and finds a way to make that work. But, I mean, overall, it was, it, was, it was fun to see. I always like when they happen. I mean, the Yankees Red Sox, um, from my personal experience, I guess you could say, witnessing those, those are always fun. I remember Joe Kelly and Tyler Austin a couple of years ago, Judge coming in there and fucking holding people down. And Joe Kelly. We never talked about on our show how Joe Kelly just decided to just tell the Astros to fuck off. Like, yeah, I think that, <laughs> that came in between episodes. We, we can, and we can flash back to oh, that in a second. For sure. Well, that's, that's, yeah, like, that's, that's very disrespectful that we didn't mention American hero Joe Kelly. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to moment, that. moment of silence for Joe Kelly. Thank you. All right, we everybody needed it. Who it was going to be a big question on who the first person was to actually physically, one hundred percent, undoubtedly target an Astros player, and why not be Joe Kelly? You know, Joe Kelly's already been in fights, as you mentioned, and the Yankees, Red Sox, whenever he was with the Red Sox organization. Joe Kelly, he's a hothead, and it's awesome, dude. His change from starting pitcher to the bullpen, where now he can just throw as hard as he wants. Uh, he used to throw like – he sat like 94 as a starting pitcher with the Cardinals, and now he throws like 101 right at people's heads. It's awesome. It, it, it's more, it, Yes, it may be bad publicity, and it's bad for the safety, but this is exactly what, what all MLB fans want to see. Other yep. than if you're a Houston Astros fan, nobody doesn't want to see – 100 mile per hour fastballs being beamed at these dudes' heads. And I, again, I don't want anybody to get like hurt. Like, I don't want there to be like an Adam Greenberg situation where you get hit in the head and you just never play baseball again. But like, it's, it's still funny. It's still cool to see. Like, and we needed it. There's plenty of other people bashing the Astros saying way worse thing than to uh, quit being a bitch or whatever he said or nice swing bitch, you know, like. People yeah. are saying the worst things about the Astros, so why not just let it happen? Oh, speaking of which, opinions. Joe Kelly has been suspended more than any other Houston Astros player. What's up with that? I mean, yeah, That's okay, true. sure, he beamed it at his head. But, dude, the Astros have received no punishment other than, like, compensatory draft picks and stupid bullshit like that and fines. Like, nobody's getting suspended from a game. Nobody, anything. But Joe Kelly goes and does what the rest of the MLB has dreamt about doing. And now, all of a sudden, you're suspended for 22% of the regular season. That's absurd. And especially being a a decent decision, like a decent arm in the Dodgers bullpen, I can imagine it's not helping them. And it's just like, what the fuck is that? Like, 22% 22 of your season. I understand eight games in a 162, but in a 60 – like, come on. He, he appealed it. So he's been playing since it happened, but he is still set to serve an eight-game suspension, which I think everybody can agree is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Rob Manfred d- did lay the law down before the season that if anything happened and regarding the Astros situation, that that suspensions would be hefty. And they, I mean, it clearly they clearly stuck to their word. But I just think it's ridiculous that anybody can get suspended for that long, that percent of a season in this, this sprint season for something like that. Now, whether it's intentional or not, I mean, I think Joe Kelly made it pretty clear 
how he was feeling towards the situation. So be it. But I don't think eight games for anything like that, unless you're legit taking someone's head off, I don't think eight games is fitting for anything. RJ? Yeah, I think that's pretty pathetic that Rob Manfred decided to protect the Astros players instead of letting the rest of the league just kind of police itself. Um, that's kind of the way them deals work. And, hey, boys have at it. Let them do what they want, you know. I wouldn't sit here and protect the Astros. I mean, they cheated to win a World Series. We're not going to hold them accountable at all. Like, now, I'll be honest, I was one of the people that said they shouldn't have the World Series taken away because I don't believe in that. I don't think you can rewrite history. Uh, but I do think you could, you know, punish them a little more than they were punished. Um, but to sit here and go out of your way to say that we're going to protect them, what a clown. No, I'm with you completely. I don't think you can take away trophies. That's kind of – it's already set in stone, but at least suspensions or something, uh, something more than just a, a slap on the wrist with some money. You think these guys don't have money? Like, it's, it's people like Bregman, Altuve, Correa, uh, uh, Springer. These people have money. Like, and if they don't, it's coming soon. They're going to get that big payday anyway. So yeah. what's the point of just – Kind of like being like a, a sad parent and be like, no, you, you go sit in timeout, okay? Like, no, that's not. And then Joe Kelly just does literally what everybody else wants to do, what everybody has dreamt of being in the situation. Some people dream of being at the plate, bottom of the ninth, and two gone in a 3-2 count with the bases loaded and you're down by three. I dream of having uh, nobody on and nobody out and having Jose Altuve in my batter's box. That's what I dream of because I know I'm in full control in that situation. But it's just like, what is that? And I'm, I did say that it was 22% of the season. It's not 22. It's 13%, which is equivalent to a 22-game suspension in a 162 season, which is absurd because if this is to happen, you're not going to suspend somebody 22 games. It's not going to happen. And especially if a regular season with no – you know, no ifs, ands, or but no stupid quirks about it or whatever the case may be, it's not happening. It, at max, you're getting eight games. And now you're going to suspend somebody for the same exact time that you would suspend somebody in a regular season, but it's so much different on this scale. I think if somebody if, – if you would have got a two- or three-game suspension, I don't think MLB fans bad an eye. I, I think they're just like, okay, yeah, whatever. But now you are suspending this guy more than 10% of your season, and – for doing something for targeting the people that are like are going out and killing the sanctity of the sport. You know, it, it's just, it's a little bit absurd to me at least, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully he keeps appealing it and wins that case. Wouldn't that just be hilarious? Wouldn't oh, that be that'd like be awesome. The MLB guys in the courtroom are just like, you know what? Fuck the Astros. <laughs> it's, It'd be good. It would be absolutely phenomenal. But, um, I, we have yet to see what's going to happen with Ramon Laureano. Uh, I can imagine Ramon Laureano and Alex Centrone are going to get some kind of suspensions as well. Uh, I don't know how much or how long, whatever the case may be, but I know that's a break of the MLB protocol for COVID-19. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm just afraid that, that uh, percentages are going to – I mean, that positives are going to spike for each team. Like yeah. that's, of, of them getting together in that pile, I, it's kind of – you know, that would kind of suck. Um, Luckily, I think I think both teams are pretty clean. It, 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 I mean, so. The MLB is doing a pretty decent job. I'll at least give it that of shutting down teams that have positive cases. Yeah, and, but it's uh, just <laughs> how they're going to make it up. That's uh, 
the yeah. big question mark. That that'll be that'll be interesting to see, at least from my perspective. And we'll, again, we have a video coming out about that. But um, yeah, I mean, the MLB season—it's it, hot. It's underway. Uh, there's already looking like some clear MVP front runners, uh, as mentioned. Tatis and Castellanos kind of fighting it out in the National League. Aaron Judge has looked like. Uh, the, the new coming of the MLB. He's doing absolutely fantastic out there for the Yankees. Um, I, I'm not sure of any – go ahead, Matt. Oh, I, just want, I just want to go into something a little bit before we go, um, since we're slowly running out of time here. Uh, 400 watch. I mean, we haven't had anyone since Ted Williams. I think a 60-game season is probably the best opportunity we'll have to see someone uh, with a hit, hit 400 in a season. Uh, so far, there are two guys hitting over 400. Um, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies, who's red hot. He's, he's leading their offense in uh, almost everything. And then you have Donovan Solano of the Giants, batting 455. He's been around. He's been uh, Marlins, Yankees, um, Giants now. I, I, I know he's been on a plethora of teams. Definitely a journeyman, for sure. Yeah, he's at 455. He's surprising just about everyone. And then you have DJ LeMahieu right on the edge, 397. Um, the, that man just hits as a Yankee fan. I, I, I love LeMahieu. Such a good signing. Um, do you guys see – out of those three, I guess, who's the most likely to hit 400 this year or, 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 or neither of them most likely? And you guys have a kind of a dark horse for this race to 400. I'll let you start, RJ. Probably Charlie Blackman. I mean, this guy every single year. I mean, he's a perennial all-star. Just a stud. I mean, 400's tough. Um, it, it's going to be a huge accomplishment if anybody gets it. But out of the people you named, I think Charlie Blackman can do it. Well, I would have to agree. Uh, out of those three, uh, I like DJ LeMayhew. I can only imagine that Donovan Solano is going to get cold at a point um, just from the past we've seen of him. Uh, but I like DJ LeMayhew, an absolute stud over there at second base. Uh, but Charlie Blackman's just a contact machine. I mean, he just – he can find holes where people aren't. He just finds the gaps. I mean, Charlie Blackman is just a consistent hitter. If I had to guess right now, I would I would pick Charlie Blackman over the three of those. Yeah, speaking of finding holes, I mean, if you watch Yankees baseball, DJ Lemayhu does that every night. Um, they don't call him the machine for nothing. But uh, I'm going to go with the dark horse as well. Uh, Lemayhu is my pick for that, for the three. But if I had to pick a dark horse, I'm going Starlin Castro. Uh, he's batting 357. He just hit uh, 10 years of MLB service time, actually. So congrats to him. He's only 30 years old, too. Uh, he's in that, that middle part of his career where this should be the best baseball he's playing. Um, he's currently top 10 in average, and he's always been that kind of guy, whether it's the Cubs, the Yankees, or the Nats, or that short, unfortunate period with the Marlins where he had to suffer through that. Um, he's hit. So I think as a dark horse, I'll go Starling Castro for that. Did you say that DJ LeMahieu's nickname is The Machine? Yeah. Ooh. Took, took that right from Albert Pujols like he doesn't exist? Ooh. I mean, like he's Pujols, not fifth all-time in home runs? Pujols is 10 years ago's machine. Ooh. He's baseball's machine. Ow. He is. They, they respect that man. Just because he was never a Yankee doesn't mean you need to disregard him. I have full respect for Pujols. No, that's not a diss. No diss. They, they can, they, there are tons of nicknames that are shared by people. I, I have no problem with it. If you if you see how consistent LeMahieu is, he's a machine. No if ands, or buts about it. Tell me, yeah, well, because what Pujols is doing in LA right now is pretty machine-like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but how consistent was he before DJ LeMahieu was thought of? 
He reminds me of the 1994 printer I have at work. Barely, barely, barely. It works, doesn't it? Barely still runs, still prints, still is a machine. Barely producing. Machine still a machine, baby. Hey, it's cool. Hey, it's getting up on the all-time home runs list. I know we just passed uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, I know he's working on passing Alex Rodriguez. Uh, so there's another Yankee in the books. But uh, just <laughs> just to put that in there. But um, well, he's yeah, still cool. the machine. Thirty some thirty something away from A Rod, and I think he's still one off uh, Willie Mays. So he he should probably take care of the say hey kid first. But hey man, we'll get there. I'll let it's you. Top of pools, he's the machine. He'll get there. He's the real machine. I, oh no, I'd like to see him get up there. I, I respect him. I think he's fantastic. First ballot Hall of Famer for sure. I just, I've got a signed card of his that's just waiting to be cashed in after he becomes a Hall of Famer. But anything, uh, regardless of that. Um, yeah, we're kind of running out of time here. Any closing thoughts Any uh, for any players, teams, um, anything else? Ronald Acuna's heating up. Love to see it. I wish the Cardinals were heating up. The Yankees, the Yankees need to call up uh, Clint Frazier or trade him for some pitching. And the Cardinals are having fun on their time off. But <laughs> – other than that, <laughs> I'm glad there's at least 29 other teams playing MLB baseball this year. So, uh, regardless of that, uh, it seems like that's going to be the end of it for this video. So, thank you guys for tuning in yet again. My name's Will Paulson, alongside with me, Matthew Perry and RJ Stroke. And we've been the GMs for Iowa, recapping yet another week in MLB baseball. Peace.